Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. The Reds went into Selhurst Park on a Monday night and left with a huge win, now taking them with six out of six points on the season and looking upwards and onwards to Brighton at the weekend. I'm your host, Joey Vishny, and here to talk about the match with me on this episode of the Talk On Podcast is Jeff Hallett and James McGuire. Jeff, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Really excited. Good day. Good day. Good win. James, what's going on, dude? Good to have you on again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited for the new season, new signings, and uh, hopefully finish higher up the table. Oh, absolutely. It's It's been a pretty strong start, solid start to the season. But before we get into the match, we got Hallett's headlines. Jeffrey, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, we've got a few that are pretty notable for the club, beginning with Loris Karius upon the disaster that most of us saw in Kiev has agreed officially to a two-year loan with Come to Besiktas. He actually came with the music and all. Uh, that includes a two-year option to buy. Uh, loan begins at 2.2 million pound, grows to 7.3, total of nine and a half, paid 4.7 in 1516, and Liverpool retain a 20% sell-on clause. So this appears to be Another masterful masterstroke from Edwards and team, isn't it? It seems to be the best of all situations for Carius given the final. Yeah, I think it's you know he, he's got to definitely go and, and resurrect his career. James, what do you think about the news? Uh, uh, I think it's probably best for all parties involved. It's uh, a lot of weight carrying for him after what happened in Kiev. So hopefully he can increase his stock and. I think it's just a great bit of business that we're getting the sell-on fee with it. So he's a great goaltender. Once he can get his confidence back, develop a little bit further, hopefully we'll get a little bit more change from it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's not forget, Karius is a good goalkeeper. He is he is a very good goalkeeper. Um, happened to have a mare on the, the biggest night of, of his career. Um, but, it, you know, it just it never seemed like it was going to um, – Really just, it, it never seemed like it was going to happen at Liverpool after that night, even if he was the number two. Uh, you know, he, he just needs to go somewhere else, get some games under a different fan base, grow some confidence back. And there was a cheeky quote from Klopp. I don't know if this is this is real, but I, I did see this. It said, how the people reacted negatively to Karius after the final by trying to isolate him. That almost made me not sign Allison and rather stick it out with Karius, but we had to be professional. Our job is to have the best players on every position. Um, to me, that's like, it's not so much, okay, good. We're professionals. We're doing our business, but Klopp, man, that's, if, if that's true, if that quote is true, then, I mean, shows a little bit of the stubbornness of Klopp to even consider just not getting one of the best goalkeepers in the world to try and stick it out because he got a lot of sticks. So hopefully that, that yeah. if that is true, it doesn't translate into future transfers or anything like that. But yeah, anyways, uh, in, in terms of my opinion, it's, I think it's, it's good that Karius got, got that move um, to a club that, that can compete in that league and, um, and, and not compete in Europe, but can, you know, 
they can make themselves known at least. Um, so, so good for him to get that move. And, and also interesting footnote, where does that leave Mignolet that was trying to pursue every exit out of the club possible, including being a backup to Neuer at Barcelona? Does that cement him in the number two role? And is that where we're likely to see him going forward? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately I think it does, uh, unless we, well, we can't go out and get anyone. The, the window's closed. There's no way that he's that we thought he was ever going to sell both of our keepers. That does mean Mignolet, since he was back in the squad tonight, too, and Carries was out, you would think that he's now going to be the number two. Uh, you know, some people have the are under the opinion, you know, Champions League final aside, that if you're going to have someone as a backup to Allison, you'd want more of a veteran presence, um, somebody who's had the experience and can come in and do a job versus a guy who's somewhat still trying to prove himself in a sense. I would disagree with that. I think Carries is a much better goalkeeper than Mignolet. He fits our style better. I, I don't. I understand the move. I understand why it had to happen. I just, I don't like Mignolet as the backup. Um, I thought we were done with this guy. Who, who um, does? So, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, listen, it, it's not the worst thing to have an experienced goalkeeper as your backup. Um, you know, he. I, I don't know if the World Cup, the Cup, played any role in a little bit of his experience. I know he didn't play any matches, but the fact that he you know, got to be a part of it. I wonder if that maybe helps him a little bit. Um, either way, you know, Allison, again, proved tonight, and I'm sure we'll get into it a bit, why why we are just happy to have our number one keeper finally. <laughs> Ecstatic, in fact. Okay, on to the next headline, and this is part of our year three Mourinho watch, and we only do this when United fail at the weekend, like we saw point, in fact. So, of course, drawing sharp contrast to what we just watched today, you know, premiere of Monday Night Football. United lose away to Brighton 3-2. Mourinho goes with the kinder, gentler version of nothing to say, declining to be dragged into the usual backhand compliments slash knives that Pogba and Shaw know all too well. And speaking of Pogba, the man takes time for the media only to roll with, I'd say something, but I'd get fined. So I don't really want to get fined, so I won't say anything. Piles on more comments midweek from Reno about summer business from Liverpool and every one of his top six rivals. How hard the league is, it's like he's hedging against that title run. Like, it's impossible for me to do given who you've left me with, although he spent half a billion dollars doing it. And the word around the club is that old Jose has through December to clean up his act or face the gallows and leads us to the obvious question, Willie. Please stay. Yeah, James, what case. do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, James, I'm curious to, to see what you have to think about United and what's going on with them right now. I mean, I know it's early days into the season, but it, it does kind of seem like once you have that many people, I don't want to say turn on Mourinho, but just now have that negative influence in the club and into the atmosphere and into you know the city and all that, that I don't know if there's much turning back unless he goes on to win something this year. Yeah, uh, definitely a case of the third-year blues for Mourinho. And it's it's difficult in a couple of senses. Uh, I, being a Liverpool fan, like to see how defensive they've gone and how the fan base is turning on him. It's a complete 180 from the United that Ferguson brought upon. And individually, with how he's ostracized Martial, 
who I think is one of his best forwards behind Lukaku, um, as well as Pogba trying to push him into a holding midfield role. He's not happy there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the back and forth between them in media as well as on the field if Mourinho is going to be flexible in terms of the in-game responsibilities for Pogba. And then lastly, it's just uh, Mourinho just talking trash. <laughs> the amount of money that he's spent, I think he's the first manager to drop a billion dollars in his career on new players. And with his back line, the sounding board that he kept going back to was needing a new center back. He signed two center backs for the tune of exactly. $70 million exactly. over the past two years. And the backups for those are, uh, you know, Smalling and uh, Jones, who aren't the greatest, but also very strong for backup options. And with the amount of money that they've spent on their wings uh, and wing backs, uh, comparing what we spent for our four fullbacks is roughly equivalent to what they spent on Shaw. And Shaw's transfer was pre-Neymar dollars. So to get an understanding of how the two squads compare, maybe Mourinho hasn't spent a lot this last transfer window, but the two before that, he was you know, spending money like it was going out of style. Yeah, and you know, even in the transfer window, their their lack of business really showed that the the board is not on the same page with Mourinho. They de- they don't it either signals that they think he's going to be out soon, or that listen, we don't want to keep bringing in these 29, 30 year old players on high wages who don't have a good resale value, who won't be with us for a while. Yes, they they might help you in the immediate term, but like United need to get younger. They definitely need to get younger and and. You know, Marino doesn't develop players. He just wants to buy the ready-made product. And so United are kind of looking at that and, and saying, you know, we, we don't want to back you with the things that you wanted this transfer window. So, um, yeah, you know, it's as, as a Liverpool fan, you like seeing it. It's really days. Uh, you know, I, this is a Liverpool podcast. I don't want to spend too much time on United at all. But um, it, it is it is nice to see. That's for sure. I mean, I'm not. I'm not upset about anything that's going on over there right now. Hope, hopefully, it doesn't get sacked. Hopefully, they they keep them to at least December, so we can see a little bit more of what's going on now. Yeah, yeah he never seems know. to have it. I was going to say, sorry, um, it, he never seems to last the full year in that year three. So you know the gallows is coming at some point, but we'd like to keep him in the role as long as possible. And uh, to piggyback on that, you don't know how many of those transfer targets just declined to join sure. United. Sure. Yeah. So. It, yeah, indicative of the state the club's in form. So good for us, bad for them. Yep. Moving on. Uh, so speaking of center defense and uh, midfield in this case, Marco Grucic over the weekend penned a bumper deal through keeping at Liverpool through 2023, securing starting minutes with Hertha Berlin at the six clock credited with the bumper itself as he's continuing on successive loan arrangements and has yet to break the first team calling him first team material, quote unquote, after this upcoming season. And is this more signaling of the end of Henderson's captaincy or just him in the position or is this just Klopp adding depth at the six? Uh, So I'm really excited to kind of see how he progresses, not just in Germany, but the next year when he gets reintroduced back to the team. Uh, 
a lot of high expectation for him when he first joined. And I feel he could thrive in a few different positions in our midfield, uh, a holding midfielder uh, with his size, his athleticism, strength, and ability on the ball. Uh, and then also, if Klopp decides to have him as a holding midfielder, and depending on how Fabinho develops in Liverpool, uh, I think that gives us a really fluid midfield of either two holding midfielders that can progress far enough uh, as like a double pivot or a staggered pivot. Uh, and then with the similar build size and ability on the ball of Grucic and Fabinho, it gives us a lot of options to kind of have that marauding box-to-box midfielder, but with both of them, if both are playing simultaneously, kind of like uh, Toure in his heyday. So it, it'll be really interesting. Uh depending on how Hendo adapts, if he can stay healthy, and if Klopp puts him in more of an advanced role, like he was at in Sunderland when he first joined, or if he reverts back to his holding midfield role. Um, I think it just kind of gives Klopp options that if he moves the captaincy away from Hendo to Virgil or someone else and reduces the amount of game time that Hendo gets, it does kind of open the door that he's going to have a, a replacement for Hendo should Hendo want to leave to get more regular time. Yeah, great call. Absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've been talking about Grigic for a while. Re- shows a lot of promise. He, he's kind of in that um, that tweener kind of stage where it's like, you know, if he if he was really, really good right now, he'd be getting some minutes for us. But he's not poor enough because he just signed a new contract, so Klopp clearly sees a future with him. It's either that or that he wants him, you know, to, to sign the new contract. So then, you know, if we were to sell him, that there'd be more years on on the contract. So when someone were to purchase him, he'd be worth more. But I don't think he would sign that, knowing um, if it was just that. Like he's probably been promised something after this next season if he proves himself, which I hope he does because second half of last season he, he did a pretty good job with Cardiff um, and. You know, I, I really want him to do well for us. Uh, he, he looks like he fits the mold. He's a big guy, technical on the ball, but can play a couple different midfield positions. And, um, you know, he's still young. He's still young, so there's still a lot of a room to grow, and, and hopefully he does come good, and hopefully he does eventually work his way into the first team or at least a squad rotation player. Yeah, and it's kind of a head-scratcher as to it seemed like he had the option to go back to Cardiff for another loan this year. Uh, he'd already been comfortable in the team, has a manager's faith in him, would be put in a similar holding midfield role, but be gaining more experience in the Premier League. So uh, kind of interesting that he turned that option down and then uh, you know, went abroad to Germany. Yeah, wondering if it's a change of scenery or if it's um, maybe he just doesn't want to play against a stronger league you know, the bottom teams or the, the the lower half of the table teams, you would say are probably a little bit stronger, at least in terms of physicality um, and, and wear and tear on the body. So maybe he wanted to go, not not saying the, the Bundesliga is not that because it is, you know, it is a really physical league. But, you know, I don't know. That, that one is a bit strange, isn't it, for him to decide to go there. So hopefully it plays out. Hopefully he, he does very, very well there and um, eventually works his way back into the team. Yeah, I read it as Klopp understands that league, understands the manager, understands their system, and that they were able to guarantee him, A, starting minutes, B, minutes at the position Klopp wants to theoretically develop him into, the six, 
I think it just hit on all fronts for him. And as a result, he's enthusiastically going and enthusiastically signing for more years. So Wasn't he the first total, player that Klopp brought in, too? The first? Yeah. I think he might have been yeah, the first player that Klopp brought right. in. So he clearly sees it, something in him. Whether or not he knew where we would be as a squad at this point, or you know, even if he had hoped we would be where we are, he still saw something in the player. So you, know, you would think that there's still somewhat of a future for him. Yeah, and Klopp was willing to do that K-to-like deal. It was the first K-to-like deal. We'll take you next summer if uh, we can sign for you before January or like the prior summer, right? So it's a model that has uh, borne fruit twice, hopefully twice in this case. And that's it for the headlines. Hallett's headlines, love it. Working our way around <laughs> some different news. But let's go ahead, gents. we got to get into this game because this was a big, big result. Uh, go away to Crystal Palace, a really tough place to play. Crowd was into it tonight. It was a fun game to watch, and it was a great result to grind out. But we, we'll get into the goals and, and the forwards and everything, but we got to start with the back, James, because it, it's strange this season. You know, it's two clean sheets in a row. Um, not saying we've come up against a, a, a real tough test offensively or attacking-wise, but... It all starts in the back, obviously, and if you if you get that clean sheet, at least you give us a chance to nick a goal, and you would think Liverpool, more than not, will do that. Uh, I thought Allison had a solid game, made a nice save on a free kick. You know, the, the back four was, was awesome. I thought Joe's looking great next to Van Dyke. Robbo had a great game. Uh, Trent, Trent still looks a bit rusty, but he's, I mean, some of his crosses were, were amazing today, and then you, you got to give it up to the big guy back there, Big Verge. He's just, he's been absolutely immense for us. Um, you know, completely changed the way that we play. So, so what did you make of that back five against Palace? Yeah, um, I agree with all all those. The big thing that I was a little disappointed with with our back four uh, in the first thirty to forty minutes of the game was how deep uh, Wijnaldum was playing. I know he's playing a holding midfield role. Uh, a lot of times, you just w- would see the ball being. Uh, swayed back and forth around our back line, and he was in direct line with the two center backs. With how good Virgil and Joe is uh, at playing the ball, uh, especially like longer passes, uh, I would have much rather seen him in a more advanced role where uh, they weren't really facing too much of a press with Saha and Teckers. So a good way for us to combat the uh, how, how deep the defense was for Palace was to maybe spray a couple long passes and bypass the midfield and, you know, use the speed of our forward line. Uh, having your holding midfielder kind of come back and stand directly between your two center backs. Uh, a lot of the time they were just kind of giving it to him to make another, you know, 15, 20 yard pass. And we weren't getting a lot of momentum with how organized Palace was back there. Uh, you need to do skip passes if you're going to switch fields to catch them uh, because they were just transitioning very well and then taking away a lot of the, line, the lanes to the front forward. So uh, it was great seeing Allison. He distributed very, very well. It was like vintage Reina. Uh, Virgil was fantastic. I think he was the man of the match. Gomez was really, really strong back there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the passing range of the two center backs. Sure, yeah, and, and we both know that they can do it. Jeff, 
Allison, you know, it's going to take a while for the fans and for us to be very calm with a goalkeeper with the ball at his feet. Um, so, you know, there are a couple <laughs> passes where he took his sweet time in making them and right up until the player was on their back, but each time they were just lovely ball. Um, so yep. it's, you know, it's going to take us a little bit of time, I think, to get used to that, but we do have somebody back there who who can do that. And, you know, he, he's it's not just his skill set and what he can do and the saves that he makes and his distribution, but it's the confidence I think that he gives the four in front of him as well. So what did you make of that back five specifically, Allison as well? Just as you said it, he's a monster. He is such a presence in the box, his confidence, his size, the way he plays the ball at his feet, his distribution, getting that first ball out, uh, Everyone suspected that he would have an adjustment period to play the full sweeper-keeper role that Klopp wants, to, wants him to play. I feel like he's already there. Uh, and you could argue he's already playing that role with Roman to a certain extent. But I think he's taken it up even a notch or two. Uh, his distribution was just phenomenal. Every time he passes, it's to a player, and it's a you know, ball that they can handle. And you could never say that of Mignolet for sure, and Karius, you know, he might get lucky one, once or twice, but we just have never seen that kind of distribution from a keeper. So to have that level of confidence, given the fee that we paid for him, I think everyone would agree we'd pay, you know, 20 to 30% more for that kind of skill. It's invaluable to the side. Having him behind Van Dyke, having Gomez next to Van Dyke, the two leaders in the back line to make all of it work, I think we're headed, I mean, two clean sheets, two weeks into the Premier League, Premier League schedule. That's what, what's there to argue with that? 11 players on the pitch. We are not afraid to pass back to Allison, and it shows. And he's he's just as part of the buildup as, as anyone else is as well. So really happy to have him back there. And big ups to Big Joe Gomez because, um, you know, it's not necessarily the way you want to see him get into the side with Matip and Bloverin um, both being injured and then Klavan leaving as well. But we've been calling for this for a long time to be able to see Joe at center back, especially next to Big Verge. So really, really happy with how he's been performing. He's the, you know, part of the reason why I want him in as well is that he's going to learn from his mistakes. So he will make some of the mistakes that someone maybe like a Lovren will make. The difference is, is he's going to learn from it. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. So some people were worried You're, you have Trent and Gomez on that right side, two young guys who are still learning their craft, <clears throat> uh, especially with Joe only playing now a few games at center back with Liverpool in the first team, but they've been really strong and I've been really happy to see how it has played out so far this season. So not much more we can say about the defense kept a clean sheet um, happens when you have verge on the side just happens and I think Allison is going to have a run for his money, um, or every, every other keeper is, um, in, in terms of Allison and Liverpool having the most clean sheets this season. So long may that continue. Uh, We're only two weeks into the calendar. Uh, I'm sure it's probably too early to run stats, but how often have Liverpool opened up a campaign first two weeks with clean sheets? It's, it had to have been a while. I mean, I, I would put my bet on that, yeah, because you know we haven't been used to it in recent years. And... You know, usually when a new manager comes in, you think that they, they get the defense solved first and then make their way from backwards to forwards. It's kind of seemed like Klopp almost did the opposite in a way. Uh, but it's so happy just to it's, – it's a balanced team. 
you look at this side and it's a very balanced side now and we still have a couple players to come into the sides we, we have uh, a Brazilian who's going to be playing the sixth role for us who's coming in who we haven't even seen yet uh, in the Premier League so uh, you know we have some some options now some real options and let's go ahead and now move forward to that midfield James we saw some some familiar faces today for the first time in a, in a little bit we Adam Lalana got some minutes um, and Hendo got a run out today. Um, both came on as subs. How did you think that the the subs did in the midfield role? Uh, I don't think really they had too too much time to impact the game. Um, I think they were kind of brought in. Hendo is more to shore up the midfield, and Mulana to kind of retain possession, get it to Salah um, and the forward line as fast as they can. But um, yeah. I really think the the big issue for midfield today was just Milner. He he wasn't having a strong game. Uh, He doesn't have really the athleticism of some of the players on Palace in the midfield. And his kind of lack of creativity, I I think, was was evident today. So it was was frustrating seeing him uh, not perform as well as he has in the past. Uh, I, I think today would have been a good option to potentially have a diamond. Uh, and have Shakiri uh, in that 10 false nine role um, for a couple of reasons. One, more of an offensive-minded attacking player, uh, as well as a player that's not as afraid to shoot from distance, which uh, is something we had issues with last year where teams were just having, you know, those two walls of four or five, and we didn't have a lot of players after Phil left to, you know, take those 20, 30-yard shots to keep them honest. Yeah, and I agree with you there. I think we do need more players who will have a go outside the box and you know make those defenders come out and push out a little bit more. I wasn't necessarily disappointed with the lineup today. I thought there was no reason for any of those guys to lose their place. I think that throughout the season, hopefully, Klopp will give Milner a bit more rest. Uh, he, he did, he's been looking a bit knackered. I mean, he's... He's got a miles on those legs, and he's still crazy fit. Like he's still one of the most fit players on Liverpool. But you, I, I think you can tell just a little bit um, that that he's a little tired uh, near the end of this one. I, I thought when Lana came on, he had a negative effect. I mean, he gave away that free kick his way at the at the end there, giving them a chance to tie it up. Um, that's not what you want to see when when he comes on the pitch. I, I would have rather just not made that sub. Um, I don't think he's ready. He had, he had a couple, like, if he didn't have as much space as he did in the midfield, a couple of those turns would have scared me a lot more uh, that he made. Yeah. Um, he does, he, he just, he, he's, he's a flair player, right? So, you know, it, it can come in handy sometimes. But also, it's just like, there's no need for a couple of those things that he did. I, I thought Hendo actually had, for the short amount of time he had on the pitch, was, was actually pretty decent. Um, nothing too much to complain about. Had a, had a few nice passes. Uh, still, you know, there's a couple instances where, he has a lot of space, and it's like, dude, just turn and go. Just, just turn and go. Stop looking so much to your to your back and your left, and seeing what you have right there. Just take a look up the field real quick, and look at the space you have. Someone like a Kato will. Um, but you know, listen. In my opinion, those two guys won't be starting for us, and they're great options to have off the bench, like they were, especially when Hendo can come on for someone who's who's knackered and at least play it safe, which is sometimes what you want from a sub if you're already up in a game, obviously. So Jeff, I mean, aside from the subs, who do you thought or who did you think had had a good game? I mean, Kate's obviously having a big influence on it. Um, Wijnaldum saw it again, and, and Milner tucks away the pen. You really said it, and 
I get the opportunity to talk about Keita, so I'm just going to lean right into that one. Uh, it, we're seeing, feel like we're unlocking player skills, like we're, I don't know, playing Mario Brothers or whatever the <laughs> cohort is in 2018, but we're getting more features out of him week to week. Uh, he is more confident on the ball. I mean, he made some mistakes uh, going back, assuming that uh, Gomez was coming out when he wasn't and gave up the ball in, in the final third to Palace towards the end, second half. Uh, I don't think you'll see that the more comfortable he gets in the role, but his ability to stretch and get balls over the top to Salah when he's making a run. I mean, it was unfortunate that Salah didn't have the touch and, you know, ended up skying it over the, uh, over the cage when, you know, Firmino like touch, uh, just a little raindrop over the keeper would have netted the second uh, well before uh, we had to rely on Mane's heroics at the end. But very professional job for that midfield. It shows the value of Keita versus the Dross that love to sit back. And you knew Hodge was going to do exactly that today, Monday Night Football. They're all the supporters all tuned up for the event, but uh, they couldn't do much more than try to contain Liverpool, you know, giving up 63% possession, as it were. Uh, Milner, to your point, it, I think Klopp's just managing his minutes. This was a chippy contest, as you would expect it to be on, on a Monday night. Uh, so can't let him take too much abuse too early in the season. Let's uh, roll Hendo out for a few minutes. And Lovana, to your point, is just dreadful. I would rather not see him anywhere near the pitch. Uh, I don't think he has the speed to your point about his turns. He hasn't found his, uh, his gear from 16, 17, but he's got to play. And, you know, if he can offer something to the side, I'm, I'm open to it. Klopp obviously believes in the man more than I do. Um, but when again, earned his spot in the side at, at the six, be interesting. Once you get Fabinho back embedded into the team, does he shift to the right for Milner's position? You've got a number of different options, not even dipping into the Henderson, Lalana element of equality. Make you really excited for the year. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I mean, it's, it's just nice again to have all of these options that we do have and definitely very excited to see. Firmino coming to the side because I think he's going to have a massive influence. A lot of people crying out why, you know, getting a little upset he's not playing. Listen, you know, first of all, there's no reason for Klopp to take any of those guys out right now because they've been performing. And, and second, it's going to take him a while to get used to this and learn how we play. I know you can make the argument, well, what about Nabi Keita? Well, Nabi's just, I think, partially a class above a lot of the other players that are on the pitch at all times. But he already fit the way that we wanted to play Leipzig. It's almost like the role he played at Leipzig was just essentially Klopp's like, go play that role here. Just go do what you've been doing. And he is exactly what we needed in midfield. Very, very excited to see him, Jeff. You made some good points there. I mean, he's just, he's absolute class. That that turn and then pass to Mo that Mo could have scored there was just outrageous. Um, and and he's, yeah. he, he, you know, the only other guy in our squad who has somewhat of the same characteristics in terms of taking the ball, and, and running with it from midfield would be Chambo, and uh, he's injured this year. So um, really good to have him in the squad. It's unfortunate how the uh, the Ox shifts our personnel. Like, had he been healthy, it would have been a totally different situation. You're right. Uh, but uh, I, I, like everybody, just teaming with excitement. It, to your point, there's so much expected in Klopp's system of playing the six. 
Uh, I, I thought you saw some uh, teething issues as he's, you know, in preseason trying to figure out what's what, um, what his positioning should be on the pitch at what time. Um, Jeannie <laughs> evidence by sitting back with the center defenders, which annoyed you, James. Uh, it's got to be from Klopp and how he likes to run. So uh, I think it's just a matter of him learning the role. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just going to take a bit. So um, really, really happy with what we've got. James, before we get into Mane and Salah, because they've already started the season really, really well, I wanted to get your opinion on Bobby Firmino. And, uh, you know, is it that he's just tired from the World Cup? He, he's not having a poor start. Uh, he, had, he had a couple of a nice moves there today to, to work himself out of sticky situations, close situations. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say you necessarily – notice him a lot and that can be a good thing because he's just doing his job um lost the ball in in a poor situation today that that led to a counter and i think that ended up leading to townsend's shot but or no that was nabi keita's i think but um anyways he uh he just hasn't had i guess the start we all hoped again it's it's early days it's only two games in but is there anything that you noticed bad or good about bobby firmino so far this season yeah, I'm not jumping to too many conclusions yet with Firmino. Uh, he had a very short break and a, a long season, played a ton of minutes for us last year, went into the World Cup. He didn't play as much as maybe some of us feel he should have, but uh, it, it was just a, a long year for him. So against West Ham, he didn't play poorly, but uh, a little bit of a rust, getting back in the swing of things with a different team is understandable. Uh, today, I actually thought he did quite well uh, with what was asked of him. This was not going to be an open game where, you know, you see him with 15 yards of space collecting the ball and then can turn and, you know, make a pass for the two wingers coming in. Um, they had one to two people on him at all times, and we were building up slower in our attacks. So it's difficult as a lone center forward when you're surrounded by two people behind you, one person in front of you, um, to, to, to really assert yourself unless you're going to drop deeper in the midfield, which I'm, I'm guessing he was instructed not to do. Um, I, I really was impressed by him. I think his first one or two touches were just these deft flicks onto Salah and Mane. Um, it, it's really important, especially for a team like Liverpool, that our forwards and our more offensive and talented players when we're up against teams that are packing the, you know, the bus in um, to, to have that swagger and confidence, which his flicks really showed uh, because I think it's going to give the rest of the team confidence. And it, I think it really just goes to show you the level of skill that we have in, in our center forward that he cannot have a lot of looks at the ball in the, you know, the first 20, 30 minutes of the game but still has the confidence and ability to, you know, pull off these, you know, outside of the foot touches that are, you know, right into the path of, you know, his oncoming wingers. Um, I, I think he'll be improving more and more in the next couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. And th- there was one bit of worry. I, I feel like what he's cramping at the end and I'm like, I've never seen Bobby Firmino cramp ever. So I don't know if that's a bad <laughs> sign, but uh, hopefully it's just a little bit of him getting back into shape after that little short break that he had. After the World Cup, Jeffrey, Mane, Salah. I mean, off to a, a real hot start to the season. Mane scores again. I think did Salah have both assists, I believe, today. So just, I mean, you can't say much more about the front three, but 
go ahead and wax lyrical if you want. <laughs> it's more that they're evolving even year to year. They're getting to know each other better, and you've got new people like Keita. I, I saw Keita open wide open three or four times down the pitch, and it's like they don't know to look for him yet, so they're betting into those threatening players behind him. And they're trying to reestablish the rhythm after going separate directions for World Cup and coming back. So it's just a matter of, I think, the three getting to their, you know, state of awesome. And Bobby, because Bobby always functions best when he's distributing perfectly uh, in the final third and obviously doing the work that he usually does uh, box to box, right, uh, all over the pitch. Mane. What what more is there to say about a guy that can retain his balance where most strikers would go down and it felt like Salah was almost purposely going down on a few of them today, right? <clears throat> Mane, for that goal at the end, it was just a testament to what we, what we saw last week in Milner trying to keep his balance, passing to Mane, and Mane doing the impossible physical shot. Uh, here he went yet, yet again <laughs> where most strikers would have fell. He finished and it was glorious it, Liverpool deserves more than one out of this can't leave it to one Michael Oliver decision even though that first was a clear penalty not just one but two legs from Octopus Sacco and I've got to say uh, on the whole thinking about like how far we've come since 1617 and Fat Sam and it was the first year that we sold Benteke and uh Sacco. I still somehow got $32 million for him. I will never, ever <laughs> know. You got it. But also remember how those two, you know, Benteke particularly, showed Liverpool up at Anfield. You know, how mm-hmm. different is it? Now, here we are at Sellers Park, and it was, sure, a torrid affair, but professional win away against the side you're expected to win. Yeah, and let's not forget this is, I think, out of the remaining teams, one of our worst, if not worst, bogey teams remaining not Stoke and West Brom or uh, in championship. <laughs> yeah, thank God. So true. So this is, and this is the way. So uh, we might have been able to score more. We might have been able to perform better. But, you know, looking at the schedule in the beginning of the year, this was probably one that was earmarked as one that, you know, we're, we don't want to drop points on. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, these are just games that we have to win if we want to challenge City. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that we can get 90 points and still come in second. But, I mean, again, these are the results that we need to get, especially away from home, uh, if we want to challenge. And I'm just really happy with with how we've started the season. I don't want to say, like I know I said last pod, it feels a little bit like 13-14. I got a little bit ahead of myself there. But it... In, in the way that it does relate to it is that I do go into each game and hopefully the confidence will continue to grow, especially after results like these where you don't expect to lose. Um, and I think a lot of that is a, is a mental game for some of the players that we have and you just got to get over that hurdle and you got to prove to yourself that you can do it, which they did against Palace tonight. But um, just po- a lot of positive energy right now. A lot of, uh, I mean, you can tell that the fans are on board already, ready um, for hopefully a, a long journey this season and a, and a good one with some silverware at the end of it. So, I mean, gentlemen, is there anything else you have to say about the game? Any other points that you had? Um, anything that we missed there? 
I'll just say to your point about 1314, imagine 1314 if we actually had a capable, a more capable midfield and, an act, and a defense where that confidence week to week is really a function of are we going to leak too many goals or are we going to be able to score more than we leak? Being in the position we're in now, uh, it's two clean sheets, two weeks in, and confidence growing in the back with uh, some brand-new players that happen to be world-class. So I, I think nothing but positive, and it's going to take 13-14 to another level, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, agreed, especially with, like we were talking earlier about our center-back pairing. Uh, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another pair of center-backs that have as much speed as we have in Virgil yeah. and Joe, uh, which is just so... It's so great to see finally after all these years with questionable center back pairings, but more so with the style of play that we have. Um, it is going to, Klopp said it a lot last year and the year before, like we're going to give up fast break. We're going to give up some odd man rushes just with how we commit our fullbacks forward. Um, so having uh, all four center backs uh, and even the backup with Moreno, and Lovren when he's back, they all are very mobile, very fast. So the, being able to recover if we do get caught up and, you know, change the possession, I, I think really helps us out and puts us in a good position to continue to push people forward and, you know, really attack for the majority of the game. Um, and then lastly, uh, I was really impressed with how Mane's developing as a player. Uh, he's, you know, moving more into a 10 role, uh, having more creative responsibilities but uh today he was doing that but also uh i saw a handful of times that he was way further back than Navi keita so giving keita license to roam forward in an offensive role and then uh money was putting it on a really good shift on the, the defensive side of the ball too which is really nice to see yeah and to your point you know klopp is definitely building that pacey and powerful side right so and and i think it helps joe that he played a lot of his time at right back because there were some instances today that you saw that he had to cover for trent when trent was forward and he he went out to the right side and, and it was perfectly fine uh you know he's played there before he knows what to do and even against west ham when uh arnautovic had that beautiful first couple of touches and then got the shot off joe's recovery pace to get back and to get in position for that tackle was outrageous so to your point, I mean, to be able to have that pace with both of our, both of our center backs, that, that recovery pace that you need to have in case something were to happen is, is awesome to see. So really happy with the back four and the pace and power that we have there. Uh, quick quick shout-out before we, we move on to the seed index, Andy Robbo. I mean, Jesus. I, I know there's some good left backs in the league right now. Uh, you know, you have, you have some actually pretty damn solid left backs in, in, in the league right now. And... Uh, I think Robbo is, is stating his case to, to be the best right now. Um, he's going up against some, some tough competition um, mm. with, with uh, Mendy and um, the Chelsea left back. How am I? Uh, uh, Alonso. Or Alonso. Thank you, Marcus Alonso, um, who, who just had a goal actually at, at the weekend. And I think an assist too. He's a good player. But Robbo's all-around game, his, his energy – the style of play that we have. And on the break, he had that ball that he, I know Saka got a slight deflection, but it was still getting to mow either way. I mean, the, the guy has just been playing some unbelievable football. So really happy to have him back there. Um, and, and the back five seems set right now. It, it seems like it could potentially be set for a while, barring injury. So really happy with that, 
how, how that's shaping up. Let's go ahead, gents, move on to the seat index. You need a positive and a negative, something that got you out of your seat, something that got you slouching back. Jeffrey, what do you got for us? <laughs> how could you pick? And I get to pick first. So, I, so for the positive, it had to be Allison because I just enjoy the shit out of watching him every week, and I'm enjoying more and more about his game the more I'm seeing him bed into Klopp's system and the way he plays balls to actual teammates. I mean, it's just so much confidence back there, and it projects so well for that kind of season, that, you know, 13-14 uh, version 2 that I'm talking about. Uh, so he's he, along with Verge, they're the engine that will drive our success this year. Uh, so long as both stay healthy, and I'll knock on wood for that as well. Um, the only negative is just the, I guess, the lack of fouls. The usual, this is the usual away Monday Night Football contest. So, you know, I can't complain about it too much, but there were just a shit ton of fouls not called in our case. Uh, Salah, you could say, that was, was diving on the second foul outside the penalty area that ultimately got, uh, I'm forgetting his name, sent off their left back. Wow, um, that's cool. There we go. a solid <laughs> season too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know, anyway, if there's one negative, it's just uh, the, the overwhelming fouls. But I think uh, Oliver got it right in the end with, with the penalty and uh, with, with some of the fouls that went Salah's way. So Salah's cool. He's going to draw those fouls. I love it. Yep. Absolutely. James, what do you got, my man? Uh, yeah, I think that Allison was a real shining star tonight, but, but um, I bet Virgil deserved uh, to be man of the match. Uh, sure. The way he was combating uh, Benteke, he won most of the head balls, which is a very, very tough ask uh, against Christian Benteke, who's one of the best in the league for winning headers and holding up play. Um, I, I was a little surprised to see the way that Palace had lined up, I was expecting them to have Benteke target Gomez. Mm -hmm. uh, similar to how United did with Lukaku against Lovren last year, when the head balls and then you have the speedy wingers coming in for the flick-ons, uh, when you have Zaha and Townsend. And I was a little worried about that. Um, it's, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it was more of a floating marking system that they were doing where Virgil just basically man marked Benteke and Gomez then had to adjust positioning according to that. But it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one battles with Gomez and Benteke. But when there was Gomez just held his own, whether it was when the ball was on the deck, uh, you know, running for 50 fifties or, you know, going up in the air. Um, I, I thought Gomez just looked so, so strong tonight. And uh, a lot of it's coming down to having Virgil as your, your partner that's able to kind of guide you uh, being a younger player. So 100%. yeah, Virgil, such a strong shout. Yeah. He, he, he humbled Benteke and made both he and Zaha not a van. So lots of yeah. plaudits there. Yeah. So and and his passing range, he had a couple of really, really nice passes. So he's just a, a complete center back. We're really, really lucky to have him on the as, on the club. Uh, the one negative seat index, uh, more from just a, a fan perspective, I thought the subs were very boring. I would have liked to have seen Sturridge on a little earlier mm -hmm. um, and potentially Shakiri on. Um, I understand it's uh, you know, a hoodoo stadium that we're playing in. So if we have the lead, let's just 
take the three points and get out of Dodge. But uh, uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a exciting forward impetus out of the two substitutions. Yeah, that's a good shout, James. I, I think we're noticing Klopp's pattern towards the end of the game. If he's up and he likes to make the team more defensive and maybe sit back a little bit more, be more defensive. Last year, it was more of a gamble. I think this year, as the back line is solidified, it may be not as much of a gamble. Therefore, he's willing to implement more of what he wants to do anyway. But I agree. would love to see more Danny. Mm-hmm. Finally, some exciting options off the bench that we want to see come on. So that's, that's something we aren't used to talking about on here. Um, my positive, uh, I w- there's a couple of good ones. I got to give a, a quick shout-out to Ingzi, who scored. Um, love Danny boy. And so glad he hey, scored um, for Southampton. Re- really happy to see that for it. Didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. No, two, Didn't one, win, they lost. But yeah. But, yeah. uh, we're just, just happy for him to get on the score sheet. I think he's, he's going to do pretty well there. Uh, I got to go with Milner for the fact that he has now played in the 47 games in the Premier league that he scored. He has not lost. It's just an absurd stat. <laughs> he has 37 wins and 10 draws when he's scored in the Premier league. And that's just, that's mind-boggling. It's just ridiculous. So I'm glad he was on the pens. I hope he stays on the pens because if he scores them, there's a good chance that we're winning the game. No matter what, um, if we have the the one goal or or more, there's obviously a better chance of that. But regardless, is is when he scores, he hasn't lost in the Premier League. So big ups to James. Um, my negative for like an aesthetic point of view, it would have been Mo not finishing that uh, that goal that that uh, was on the Kate's a little turn oh. pass to him, which was just lovely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But in, in terms of just like an overall team view, I, I thought that Palace got a lot of low crosses into the box that just whizzed across the, the front of the goal with no one getting on the end of it, very luckily for Liverpool. Um, there were, yeah, I think uh, Zaha had a couple. And uh, they just, there seemed to be, we seem to get lucky, I think, with, with some of the balls they put in the box. Um, so want to see those cut out a little bit more, but other than that, I mean, there's, there's, you can't really complain, you know, clean sheet and, and, uh, get out of there with six, with uh, three points and make it six on the season. So really happy with how that turned out. Um, gents, we're, we're looking forward now. We'll just briefly mention, um, the, the Brighton game at the weekend, Brighton coming off a huge result against man United. Um, just. They excellent game, excellent game by them. Chris set the team up really well. They're really well organized. Um, Glenn Murray, what is he, like 34, 35 years old and still just bossing it up there. Just he's a great target man to have. It was a nice cheeky finish that he had too for their first goal. But uh, yeah. he, he's going to be, Jeff, he's going to be tough to go up against. Um, he's definitely, you know, I know we got Verge and, and Joe back there, but he's a unit and he, he can cause anyone problems. That's true, but you've seen our record more recently against Brighton last year, 4-1 and 5-1. So I think we've got plenty of firepower and we'll actually show up, unlike United at uh, the American Express. Yeah, there's you got a lot to be concerned with, with Murray and Gross. Both of them uh, saw joy at the weekend. And that midfield is uh, very good at feeding those two up front. But I think... It, Keita changes so much in the midfield for us, and if we can, if Fabinho maybe can get some minutes against this uh, lower table side, I think that would be, you know, all good from his point of view, and I think we'll do really well to shut them down. 
But, uh, yeah, Murray and Gross, they, uh, they concern me, but I think we'll show at the weekend. Yeah, James, it's a home game, I believe, so you would, you would expect us to, to definitely take these three points and, and hopefully just hammer them again like we're used to. Yeah, uh, it's a Premier League. You can't take anybody too, too lightly, but I, I think this is definitely one we should be walking away with three points from. Uh, it would be interesting to see how our midfield looks. I think there's only five days between the game against Palace and Brighton, so... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Milner shifted to the bench to save his legs a bit. Mm-hmm. And depending on if that's going to make way for Hendo or, fingers crossed, Fabinho, uh, <laughs> I, I think either of those will probably go to a, the holding midfield role. And then that could potentially uh, open up Genie to go to more of the box-to-box to partner up with Navi Keita, which I, I think is a better position and obviously – Genie only scores at home, so uh, hopefully he can hop on the board too. <laughs> yeah, I, again, looking forward to the, the upcoming fixtures. It's it's going to be interesting to see how Klopp sets his lineup um, and, and and the starting eleven and who plays certain games and horses for courses and what he's going to work out. So this season is going to be really fun to watch, especially early on in the season when we need to keep keep up with city and just keep getting these results it seems like each game is going to be really important uh knowing that the fans are kind of behind the team the team having the confidence that they do and wanting to challenge it it is different it is a different feeling going into i know it's only been two games and and, you know you always have a buzz have a buzz at the beginning of the season but it does feel different it does feel like these games each one of them means more um so you know the brighton game you know we were talking about the results we had last season and, and what we expect to, to have this upcoming weekend, but um, you, you know that everyone's going to be into it and not take them lightly. So good stuff, boys. It's uh, it's nice to have some positive, positive energy um, going into the season. <laughs> I know it's not too Pain. common. Um, yeah. Painter but, uh, still doesn't, doesn't buy it. So yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. Painter. That's two in a row, man. I know it's uh, unheard of, but uh, we'll get you on here soon and, and see what you have to say. A uh, quick shout out to coworker, David Bircham, Birchie, uh, and Sam, my boss man, helped us uh, watch the game today at work. So that that was a big ups to them, um, and uh, big ups to all the United fans out there. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Um, <laughs> you know, just you'll get through it. It'll be all right. Um, no, you won't. But <laughs> no, you know you won't. Tread water as long as possible with that manager. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, boys. Again, thanks for getting on, you guys. Everyone can follow us on Twitter at TalkOnFP. You can find me at Jay Vishney. Jeffrey, where can we find you? Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. James. Still on Twitter. You guys are the first it, to know dude. when I sign up. <laughs> we, we talked about this last time, and I think we, like, didn't we promise that we'd get James one, and we still haven't yet? Yeah. So we got to all, all of two and a half minutes to do. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get James right. on there, and you'll have to follow James. But, yeah, James, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on again, man. It was great talking to you guys. Up the Reds, guys, as always, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.